I have wined and dined with kings and queens, and I've slept in alleys and dined on pork and beans. The Squid Circle Digest, that is. Here is your host, Sean Stanley. It's Saturday. You know what that means. Another edition here of the Squared Circle Digest. High atop Inter-Miami CF Stadium. Thank you for joining me here this morning. A lot to get to. Apparently there was a backstage meeting. Uh, Some people are not happy in the WWE. Also, talking a little bit about the women's division. The, the lack of real teams. A new merchandise winner right now in WWE leading. And uh, maybe somebody, uh, maybe some of you may know. Most of probably the older wrestling fans don't. And then also looking at AEW. A lot of stuff happening there on the last Dynamite. Nightmare Family. Involved in a lot of it. And then also Kenta making his... Uh, I guess his in-ring debut, teaming up with Kenny Omega. But to get this show started, I need to remember a good man, a man that we lost this week. South Florida wrestling legend. To me, just a legend in general. Rusty Brooks, he passed away. Um, He was instrumental in my career as far as he trained everybody who was involved in training me. He was my second match. I teamed with him. And he would be involved every match he would watch. Give you criticism. He would go to shows, hearing the stories uh, from... Some of the others, you know, backyarders, however you want to call them, he would go to their shows and be like, hey, he had a ring in the backyard. He trained Gangrel, Billy Fives, um, instrumental, and a whole host of others. But uh, it was a man that just was there for everybody. He gave you tough love, too, in the ring, by the way, too. You stiff him, he's going to stiff you back. Splashes come in a little bit heavier. The leg drops. The fist dropped on the forehead. I took that one time. A little harder than probably I wanted. But he was a great man. And even up to recently, he was he was hang, hanging out at uh, Gang Girls Wrestling School. I believe it was... Uh, Middle of last year, possibly, I think, was the photo that was taken that I saw. Still being involved in in the sport that he loved. Helping out the younger talent. Was always there for us. And uh, Rusty, you'll be missed, my man. I feel like every show has been started... Since I've started here at Square Circle Digest onside radio.com, has been remembering somebody. This one hurts. This one hits a little bit deeper. This was somebody that I know and that I worked with. 
but you will be missed, Rusty. I do want to take a look at some things uh, going on in the WWE. Uh, Fightful.com. They reported, it came out yesterday, yesterday afternoon, I guess it was about, actually last night, right before SmackDown was the start is the article I'm looking at, but uh, they apparently had a meeting with various staff, non-performers, members of the production team and other departments, and they were reportedly told that, hey, they would not be provided any new promotions, raises, or bonuses in the near future. I understand. This is a business. WWE is a publicly traded business. But how do you think morale is going to be in a locker room after you just tell everybody, hey, by the way, enjoy what you're making right now because you're going to be making that in the near future. But also, we just signed a five-year, $1 billion deal to have our streaming carried by somebody else. I get it. COVID has hurt the business plan that is WWE as far as with no live audiences. But to be somebody in the production crew that that is making all this content, by the way, that is going to be being streamed on that $200 million a year content machine I, I, I don't get it I don't understand it maybe they're trying to get ahead of it and, and, and not but how can you tell p- people that hey you're, we're going to freeze you right now even though we just signed a you know a billion dollar deal I get it's five years over five years I know some of their financials were released. Maybe they didn't hit the the financials they needed, but you have some of these people in these positions doing the job of two to three people. And I get it. Everybody's going to be like, oh, they should be grateful they have a job. A lot of people don't have a job at this time, and I understand that. But I'm looking at it from the way of that person being brought into a meeting. Because it looks like they had departments meet. They didn't have like one big meeting like they usually do with the talent where they bring in all the talent and they do everything. No, they had individual meetings with the departments. It's, it's being reported. Again, I'm not a newsbreaker here. I'm going off of reports and, and some of the research I did. But now they sit you down and they tell you, hey, you guys are doing a great job. You're getting all this content out in a time, in an unknown time of of COVID. And um, by the way, we're freezing all raises, promotions, and bonuses going forward. By the way, uh, let's, let's get back to work. Keep doing your job. And again, I understand there's others out there that do not have a job. I, I understand that totally. But how could your morale be? And you're, you're, this is only, they're told this at a taping, by the way. A taping for Fox. 
That, by the way, Fox is paying for the rights to broadcast. NBC, USA, all the, they're, they're paying for these rights. WWE has money going in. I'm not saying they need to be getting, you know, million-dollar raises. I'm not saying, I don't know what, what they, are, they are making or what they're not making. But to expect these content creators, content managers to, to just be like, and especially with WWE right now in a time frame where they're struggling. They're struggling now with, with what, and now you're going to lower the morale even more? Let's see how much worse we can make this. Is, is that what the situation is becoming right now in WWE? And there was a um, Twitter account, WrestleVotes, that said, just got a text from a source in St. Pete, the unhappiness and straight-up anger backstage at an all-time high level. Everyone from the boys to the road crew are pissed off. Not a good look. I'm not sure what they're trying to accomplish here. I don't I don't understand what WWE, what Vince McMahon, what the higher ups are thinking. When you say you're freezing everything from from the, the people that are creating your content. That just does not make sense to me. I'm trying to look here real quick at the earnings press release here from this is from fourth quarter 2020 so i believe it's the most recently issued a decrease of 26 percent or 84.6 million and that was reflective because of the absence of the company's large-scale event in saudi arabia remember they're getting paid a ton load of money to go to saudi arabia so that they did lose some money there. When you look at the highlights, full year, full year, they produced live entering content without interruption throughout the year, demonstrating the company's ability to adapt to COVID-19 and unprecedented industry challenges. Who did that? These same people that you're telling right now. We're freezing your raises, your bonuses. All that. And by the way, revenue, 974.2 million increase of 1%. So over the year, you, 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 you increased. Made, you made, you increased money.
We're going to talk more WWE when we come back. Talk the women's division. Also a new merchandise sales leader. You'll not believe who's in charge of that now. Starting Saturday, February 20th. That's next Saturday right here. 8 a.m. baseball fans. We'll get to go deep into the count with Alex Aguirre and Michael Christian. Catch a show that talks Marlins and all the big stories in the major leagues next Saturday, 8 a.m. That's right, the debut of Deep Into the Count exclusively at OnSideRadio.com. Host Sean Stanley. Bringing you back in here high atop Inner Miami CF Stadium. And on that read, deep into the count, it's going to be with Alex Aguirre and Christian Chase. So I apologize to Christian there, not Michael Christian. It's Christian Chase. And that will be debuting next week, 8 a.m. right here, talking uh, some Miami Marlins and uh, Major League Baseball right here before Squared Circle Digest. If you can jump in the ring here with me. Don't forget you can call, text the show. Call us at 888-441-4623. Text at 844-416-8123. Got the text machine open, so hit me up. Let me know what you think of WWE and freezing. Or maybe, you know, again, in the era we're in right now, the COVID era, I, I, I totally understand how, but to me, you have backstage... This is not the talent. This is the backstage, you know, workers. They're producing the content that you're you're streaming all these things for. You, you had a one percent increase, and now you're freezing them. But I want to move on to something else. Triple H did a conference call, a media call actually, uh, to promote the Sunday's NXT Takeover Vengeance Day pay per view. Some of the things coming out of it, uh, you know, again, they uh, there's nothing to add to the Velveteen Dream. And things there in reference to, I guess, somebody had asked about the situation. He looked at Rhea Ripley, said she had the X factor and expects her to be a game changer on the main roster in a few years. Uh, Some of the new signings, uh, Bronson Rex Steiner. He is the son of Rick Steiner. uh, He's going to be at NXT and then also a lot of Parker Boudreaux. Uh, looks like he's the one that looks like the the Brock Lesnar. If you've seen those memes, everything going around, they uh, they want to make sure he's properly trained and safe in the ring before they have any plans for him in the future. Also, an interesting thing I thought, Pat McAfee. They said he hasn't been around because he's busy and just recently got married. Of course, he is busy doing his show, the Pat McAfee Show. But also, he was married uh, when he was doing the whole thing recently with the NXT. Before he was married, right before that, he actually. Part of the honeymoon area, he drove and did uh, the things with NXT. So I thought it was interesting that he had to throw in the, he recently got married. The one thing that got me, television viewership. And he had a, um, he had a corporate response to that, actually. He said, uh, people are watching content on so many different platforms to just say that in today's world, only one of those platforms matter is naive. 
He said he's happy with the numbers that they're getting, but there's always room for improvement. I would, I would like to see what the numbers are from all the other platforms before, before I kind of speak on this. But I know a lot of people are going to be like, ah, I've spoken like someone who's losing in the ratings. But there is so many ways now to catch product. And, and I'm sure the same goes with the AEW product. How many of us DVR everything? The pay-per-views nowadays. I don't have to watch it that Sunday. As a matter of fact, I put a poll out about the Vengeance Day pay-per-view. The NXT TakeOver, Vengeance Day. Almost 80% not watching it this Sunday. I'm wondering if my timeline skews more AEW than WWE. I don't know. But, but I specifically said, are you watching it this Sunday? I'm not saying that, are you going to watch it overall? Just this Sunday, are you going to watch it live as it's happening? You don't have to do that anymore. It's not must-see. You can catch it the next day. You can catch it an hour later. On the WWE Network. So you don't have to watch it live anymore. In the era of TV and everything else, look, TV ratings are, are what they are. Find it interesting too. Uh, somebody actually said, uh, tweet out to me, and again, there's always going to be the the competition, right? Uh, oh, AEW, if they moved to Monday night, they'd be competition. Look, between the numbers on Wednesday night, between what you get with NXT and AEW, if you add them up, you're getting about the viewership for Raw maybe a little bit, a little bit less. Those shows are doing astronomical. It's not competition. And I don't think AEW sees themselves as competition. Yes, they have to go with the, the competition head-to-head because they, they're on the same time as NXT for right now. Might change once the NHL gets and NBCSN drops. We'll see if that changes anything. And they go to Peacock probably is what where more than likely what they'll probably end up. Do they stay on Wednesdays? Do they make a change to a different day? As a wrestling fan, I would like to see them move. Tuesday, Thursday? Why not? Let's do Thursday, though, because we have AEW Dark on Tuesday. But there's so many avenues now to get the, the content. You don't have to watch it live. Raw, uh, Raw, I think, also goes to Hulu on Tuesday. You can watch the, the Raws over again on the WWE Network. Not everybody can sit there and spend three hours to watch a show. Some can't spend two hours to watch a show. So something I didn't think about before, but maybe those numbers are a little bit different as far as once you add everything up, all the different platforms, I think... WWE programming probably available on a few more platforms than what AEW currently is. So it would be interesting. Or is it just just smoke? Just Triple H blowing smoke? 
Just I, I found those very interesting when he was asked about the ratings because he was not worried. Uh, one of the other things after the Bell podcast, Corey Graves, I think it was last week I was catching up on him, but interesting to said about the WWE women's tag team division. He says, I don't mean this as any disrespect to any of the women on Raw or SmackDown that compete for the women's tag team championships. I feel like the lack of legitimate tag teams is what's killing that division. You have people that show up randomly that want a match, and now they're a team. You've got Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke who are about the closest thing to a legitimate team. And then they go into the mashups, whereas Nia and Shayna were kind of thrown together. But they've been together now for so long that technically now they're a legitimate tag team. But it got me to thinking. Remember, they broke up the Iconics. I think they wanted to push Peyton Royce a little bit more than anything else, but now that, that seems to have stopped. I look back, I think it was Natalia and Lacey had a tag team. That could have been something. The role models, I get what the, where they were going with that. I understand they wanted that to, to fall apart so that Sasha and Bailey could have their matches. I understand that. But I agree with Corey Graves on this, is that you can't have a legitimate women's tag team division if, if you don't have legitimate tag teams. It's what has happened. It's what happened to their tag team division. And it's still going on in their tag team division. You had legitimate tag teams broken up, and then you throw together two very good talents, and you give them the titles. Not taking anything away from Rude and Ziggler, and they have been together long enough now to where maybe you can call them a legitimate tag team. But you had the Usos until injury. You know, the, the Viking Raiders, they, they got injured. You have all these tag teams. Ford and Dawkins. But yet you put, the, and then the same thing with the women's tag teams. I was thinking about this. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax were your tag team champions. They finally became a legitimate tag team. As soon as you had the opportunity, you brought back Charlotte Flair, threw her in the match with Asuka, now all of a sudden a tag team, never teamed together, defeats your tag team champions. Does it surprise you, though? Does it surprise you that that move made in WWE? You finally have, you know, on the Raw side, you got the, the Hurt Business. Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, your tag team champions right now. Legitimate, they're a team. Keep your tag teams together. Improve the division. If you want to throw some guys together, have them work some smaller matches, build it up as a team, and then give them a shot. Don't just throw two guys together because they're sitting backstage and, uh, hey, I need a tag team partner. You want to be a tag team partner? Okay, let's do it. Got to make sense. 
wrestling fans are, are not they're not they're not naive. They're gonna see through it. They see through it. Now here's an interesting thing I want to get to before we go to break. Jack, I'm gonna ask you. I know you don't follow a whole lot of WWE product, but who do you think is Thanks in for throwing the, me under the bus. I appreciate it. Hey, that. you know that, you know that. Beep beep coming through. <laughs> Top five in WWE merchandise. Top five. Top five in WWE merchandise. Men's or women's? Just in overall. Um, John Cena? Nope. I'll give you three guesses. Okay, shoot. No, you got two more guesses. Hurry up. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to give me a hint. No, no, no. All no, right. No. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to give you any hints. Come on. That would be too easy. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay. Damn. I'm kind of dating myself if I said John Cena. Yeah. Um, Tells me you haven't been watching a lot of uh, the WWE product recently. Well, I mean, I have been paying attention to Square Circle Digest. There you go. There that, wow, that is good. That is, you are good. I've been doing this for a while. Yep. Um, no, I mean, the product isn't really worth watching. I mean, I told you through well, conversations we've had th- in the This past. could possibly be uh, the things. Here we go. Numbers one through four are the same person. Okay. Whoa. And that person, eh, I don't know if he's a WWE superstar or not yet. Bad Bunny. Wait a minute. The reggae tone artist? Yes. He made his uh, debut and sung at the Royal Rumble. And now since then he's been training and he's been uh, feuding with Miz and Morrison. But he's number one through four in sales at WWE. Number five is Roman Reigns. But it's been reportedly... Let's go back to the Bad Bunny thing. But hold on, what? man. Hold on. Listen to this. Listen to this. One through four? Yep. Roman Reigns, the item at number five, is only 65% of the sales that Bad Bunny's number four shirt is. What? The Bad Bunny youth wow. shirt. The youth shirt. A youth shirt. But this, this leads me to the, you know growing problem i think with with wwe is that you bring in a big name like bad bunny who's a worldwide i think he's i think you call him worldwide name right worldwide or international at least okay international we'll go with international sounds better than worldwide and now he is leading your merchandise sales over everybody that you've been promoting for the whole year well, I don't want to feel like I'm speaking out of place here, but I know we got to go on break. Mm-hmm. But you want to say that WWE is a corpse, but it's instances like this, which it's a shot in the arm or um, what's the thing they use on you when they revive you? The Electra. No, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the word right off the yeah, top of my head. Yeah. They get those little jolts, but it's still like a slap in the face of like really your own product isn't getting you know the top sales it's an outside entity or person yeah who just started coming on at royal rumble i think this this speaks to problems that are ever growing in wwe but you know what that's gonna be enough of wwe when we come back we're gonna talk some aew but every saturday 11 a.m soccer fans can connect with austin robillard and red card radio from the premiership to the mls catch up with your favorite team including our very own Inter Miami CF. Listen to Red Card Radio every Saturday, 11 to 1. That's with Austin Robillard, and that's exclusively 
right here at OnSideRadio.com. Joined in studio by the great David Dwork. Turpin to Cats Radio coming up here in a moment. David, excitement abound in Sunrise. The win against Tampa Bay. Statement made. I mean, I, got, I know they got three three games against them. I'm sorry, two more games against them. There's three and five nights. Game one, though, that was a pretty statement win, right? Oh, yeah. Big time statement. I mean, they don't get much bigger. I, I was in here with Alex Dono yesterday. And I was saying, like, if there's ever been a time for Panthers fans to pump out their chests and, like, really, you know, do the John Travolta strut around town, it's right, right. now. Because not only they got off to this great start, right, but the thing was, oh, but they haven't beaten anybody. Well, you just beat the defending yeah. champs by far and away the best team in the league. So today, before the next game at least, yeah. this is, like, the biggest moment to just be like, yeah, Panthers. Yeah, <laughs> eight two and one, and, like and, and a five two win, right? Only yeah. the f- fifth goal was the open net, right? It, hey, you earned the no, right no, for them to, to pull the goalie. I get that, but it's still four two regardless. When they're no, playing, and they and, dominated that game. Yeah. They were up four to one at one point. I mean, the Panthers. Like, when you play Tampa, you just want to kind of hang on mm-hmm, for dear mm-hmm. life. Like I, my my confidence level was not super high heading into that game. Not necessarily because the Panthers aren't good; they are, but Tampa is just scary good. Mm-hmm. And they'd looked, they had won six straight games. They had scored four and a half goals a game for six straight yeah. games, which is, like, you know, mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. And Florida just shut them down. Like, for two periods, Florida really limited everything. It was yeah. – I was impressed. I, I want to see if they can do it again tonight. Now that's the test. Now with Zito, I, I, I think I heard you talking about this or, or, or somebody was talking about it, the value they're getting out of some of these players. Oh, yeah. Zito that good or just these players are just performing so well well I, look the sample size is small but I mean if you're looking at what Zito has done since he's been hired it's like a home grand slam home run ninth <laughs> yeah, inning yeah. like it, it couldn't do any better they still have some cap space he got guys on very minimal deals whether it was uh, low money low term or both I mean you look at Carter Verhades a perfect example you got him for two years two million dollars like okay that's that's a pretty standard small contract mm-hmm. He's a first-line guy. He's leading the team in goals. He looks amazing. And that's just one. You got Anthony Duclair, who $1.7 million. It's just like, man, it, maybe all the years of Panthers frustration and missteps and it all building up and building up, and finally, like, the law of averages is starting to turn around <laughs> sure. for the Panthers. You think after 20-plus years, like, you know, yeah. it turned around. But, look, the Panthers are turning things around. The Dolphins are turning things around. Mm-hmm. The Marlins, the Canes. Yeah. Like, it could be our time in South Florida. No. Hey, 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 back there. Just shut your mic off. Shut the mic off. Don't don't bring us down. Don't bring us down. Don't bring us down. Do not bring us down. Now, you're around the team pretty much every day. Not necessarily with the COVID. I'm not sure how much access you have right to them. But when you're watching them, is is this a different Panthers team than what you've seen before? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, what, one of the things that stands out, it's – the practices under Q for the last couple of years have always been like high paced and intense and he keeps it moving. But this year you hear a lot more like in terms of the players chirping each other, laughing. It just it's a looser environment. But I mean, clearly that they're taking it seriously. But I think when you add guys like Patrick Hornquist and, and Radko Dudas, some of these guys that are known veterans that have won before mm-hmm. and they're out there kind of lift being, you know, levity, giving a mm-hmm. little bit to the situation. Uh, it's just a lot of things are working right now. Mm-hmm. And and. When things are clicking, it's I'm not used to this. Yeah, 
No. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean this well, is great. We got one, one loss in, was it even regulation? Yeah, one regulation, regulation loss, loss in 11 that's, games. That's right. 8-1-2. I mean, this is amazing. What do you got coming on today, Chirping the Cats? Well, we're going to talk about that big win over Tampa for sure and the Panthers' hot start to the season. Duclair, I mentioned, he uh, he was put on the COVID list, as was Tampa Lightning star Steven Stamkos yesterday, so we'll get into that a little bit. I want to talk about the new league COVID protocols, Panthers power play, Marcus Nuchavara, the chirp of the week, around the pond, checking on the division, and Panthers PA announcer Andrew Ember will be joining the show as well. All that and more coming up next. I want to thank everybody that joined here today on the Squared Circle Digest. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sean underscore Stanley 11. Follow the station at Onside Radio. And coming up next, he's David Dork and Chirping the Cats Radio right here, OnsideRadio.com.